0: So, I know I'm not the only one who really struggled with showing up on video or hearing yourself talk on camera um, when I just started my business. Um, it gets easier with time and practice, but um, still, when you're struggling and it's way out of your comfort zone, you are not alone, and that's why I'm so excited to talk with today's guests on the show. Um, so we have Lucia Doynell with us. She's a photographer turned online business owner, originally from Argentina, who lives in Los Angeles. And she's just the best. She's sharing so many tips um, with you, how you can show up. She's sharing um, about her experiences, her story, um, how she had, how she worked on becoming more visible in her own business as a photographer and yes it's just a super inspiring conversation can't wait for you guys to meet her so let's dive in. Welcome to the Blissful Beast Podcast, Lucia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you back. You've been on the
1: podcast before, right? I know we did like webinars, but... I know. I think I came to the podcast in 2020, so it's been two years, probably, give or take a few months.
0: I know, and we connected lately and I know that your business has really evolved a little bit and I thought we have to get you back on the show, or a Webinar, and talk about that.
1: So tell us a little bit about um, what you do, who you are. I am Lucia, <laughs> I am Argentinian born, but I am based in LA and I teach self-portrait confidence and how to be on video and I'm originally like I started as a photographer videographer and a marketing director back in the day so I think it, my, my business I mean what I do and who I am has shifted so much especially in the last two years so yes I live in LA with my partner and our two cats Rogelio and Cashetana. so if you, if you if you speak Spanish I feel like you can probably pronounce those names as well. <laughs> Do you speak Spanish <laughs> with your cats? I do. I speak, <laughs> I speak both. It's so funny. I, I'm, I'm, we're going to start trying for a family with my partner this year. And I kept thinking about like, I want to be able to speak only in Spanish, but I, I'm not able even to speak only in Spanish with my cats. So, uh, It's going to be a tough one. It's like, that's exciting.
0: Yeah. My sister's doing that. So she's German, obviously, but she lives in Madrid, in Spain. And with her first kid, she was really good at speaking German with him all the time. So he speaks actually really good German and obviously Spanish as well. And with the second kid, um, they're. It was more challenging because then they started speaking more Spanish in the family because her partner doesn't speak German. And I always thought that's a little bit weird as well because it separates her and the children then from the partner, right, when he doesn't understand what they're talking. So I found that. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's really uh, good for family life. Um, but, yeah, but with this, the second boy, he doesn't really like to speak German. He understands probably most, though. Yeah, I know it's challenging. It's interesting. Yeah,
1: I mean, I wish my partner um, would speak Spanish more fluently. He started with Duolingo this year, um, so I think his intention is to learn Spanish. But we don't know how strong those intentions are. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see.
0: And and how long have you been living in LA? I think, what brought uh, you there,
1: actually? Since two thousand ten, I won the green card lottery. And wow! I know the actual lottery, and only a few people get chosen randomly by this lottery. It's called I know, a d- I know, diversity yeah. visa. And yeah, and I won. I was like, "Huh." Well, my aunt lived in LA, and so I thought, like, "Well, I would be." I would like to be near family because friends, you can make anywhere, but family, you know, it's like always that person that you can rely on and just have someone that knows you from when before, you know, when you were yeah. young, they knows a the real you in a way. And so I felt like, um, that was like such a, such such a, such, such a necessity for me. And also like my cousin, uh, his, um, uh, her son also lives here, and um it's really sweet to have you know it's like he's like a brother to me now, and uh she's like a mom, which is nice because uh my mom passed away when I was really young, so it's like I got to get that experience again of like the motherly love, mm-hmm. which was very healing to me I know I love her, I love having her close by, and I actually see her quite often
0: and i mean i I've just been to Los Angeles once and I actually really liked it. And I didn't expect it to, right? Because it's not like such a place that's so interesting for tourists necessarily because everything is so far out and away. And, um, but I thought this must be a really great place to live because it's like nature and great weather. I met really interesting people. Maybe I was lucky. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it, my time there. I think I just 100%. spent a the week there.
1: Yeah. Uh, when
0: was this? That, oh my God, that's really long ago. I think two
1: it was after my round the world trip two thousand three okay, cool. I'm okay, so I feel like l a has changed a lot, even in the last mm. ten years. I mean, so, I mean it's a different world we live in since two thousand three everywhere, oh, everywhere, no, but I just I feel like as a city, like because it is a city of neighborhoods. You know, it's like, it's not really a city. It's like, just like all these neighborhoods glued together one after the other. I, I feel like even like, for example, people that used to live in Venice, like moved to the East side, like, like how, like the communities have shifted. That's what I mean. Yeah. The communities and like the map has shifted in terms of like where people live now and how they're like choosing their, I guess, like their community.
0: Mm. But it's also, I mean, obviously, it's the town that's very visually <laughs> interested, right? I mean, like all the beautiful people from all the US and from actually from all over the world uh, move there because they want to make it as an actor or actress. And everybody seems to have like, I don't know, like the fake dress and the long hair and <laughs> all the things, <laughs> <laughs> how do you adapt to that how do you adapt to that because we want oh. to talk about visibility and you know all those fears um that we're all facing especially in the online business world but I mean obviously
1: you're, you're facing that in the real world as well so yeah it's so funny well so I never wanted to be an actor Well, I mean, maybe when I was a kid and there was this show that I really liked, it's like, oh, I want to be in that show, but because I like the show, you know? Um, But I never thought, like, as a grown-up, like, that would be a pleasant life. Um, And being just like, for example, I took this one acting class just for fun, just to see what it would be like to take an acting class. Um, I'm in LA after all. Um, And it was like, but I was studying fine arts and it was just for credit. So it, it wasn't really that I wanted to pursue acting. And um, I was emotionally drained and exhausted just by performing in that way okay. in the class, you know? And it just gave me a, a good reading of like, wow, things are not always what they seem like what you think you might like or what you think it might be fun is not always like the thing that you you will actually be on the other side, fun or enjoyable. And I, I do think that, yeah, there's a lot of people that are beautiful because they move here to try to make it in the industry. And, uh, and I just think there's a lot of like spirituality and uh, kind of like that kind of uh, draw in. I do not know I don't know where I heard this and I'm probably just uh making half of it up because I, I, I I've, I've heard this in a com- I, I talked about this in a conversation like years ago but there's apparently like different like around the world there's um kind of like points of creative energy that people are drawn to they're just like how the latitudes and the you know just like the um, just like geographically how like they're holding energy and uh Actually, I I talked about this with another friend recently, too, about like a new spot that is coming up in the planet. Uh, And LA is one of those um, points that have all these like energetic of creativity and spirituality, which like if you know the chakras and if you know how the body is like channeling energy, Like the second chakra has all the creativity money sexuality like all the all that is like concentrated in those like between the second and the third chakra which is very interesting because yes it attracts people that want to be in the industry but i think it also attracts very much like spirituality and it's interesting they also like how many like cults were started here (laughs) Like all the, you know, like, it's, that's like the shadow side of spirituality, I guess. Um, and, uh, and, and I found so much of my spiritual family here in LA because of that, I think I went on to study uh, spiritual psychology. And when I was studying for my master's degree, there were people that were traveling all around the, from all around the world just to attend this master's program. And, uh. I just met the most wonderful human beings. And till this day, some of my best friends came from that class years ago, you know, in 2014.
0: We have actually a friend together, right? So um, Celia, who lives now in Sydney. Celia, what's her last name? Celia Kate. She's like a designer. And I know her from Bali. I met her in yoga class.
1: (laughs) (gasps) I love that. So, yeah, so I feel like your 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 community and like the people probably that listen to your podcast can totally relate to what I'm saying, right, in terms of like okay, what is it that is pulling me to this place right? I think there's yes. just like some just so there's something in the land like on like below the land. I heard like this is um like kind of giant crystal bed underneath Missouri that was like detected and they say that that's like uh, Missouri's like the next next place like spirituality is going to be like very uh, b- people are going to be pulled to that okay. land. That yeah, weird Interesting. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't <laughs> know how much of that is true, but I, I definitely know, enjoy. just a like,
0: few people believe that it's, it becomes true. Like the energy of the people who believe that, that makes it true, I think. Mm. It's just like crystal, a crystal is just a stone. But if you believe it's something more, it becomes something more for you. It's just a tool.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. also like, um, like just, uh, I don't know, like I like I feel the same way about water, right? Like water is so cleansing. <laughs> just, <laughs> like to, just by taking a shower, it's just like, oh, great. I just released all the negativity, you know, like. <laughs> oh then it must it must be nice for you to live close to the water. Yeah, well actually I'm not as close. Like it, okay I'm I'm in Highland Park, which is like this neighborhood on the east side. Um, which is if without traffic, I would be close, right? It would be a 20-minute drive, but LA is okay. just so much traffic and just uh it's really impossible <laughs> unless you're going like at like 4 a.m. or something. Yeah, like when there's no peak hours. That's the one thing about uh, living in L.A. Um, yeah, it's just there's a lot of traffic.
0: Mm, that would make me crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then be, you became a photographer, right?
1: Yes. So actually, my first gig as a photographer was um, when I was 19. I was working uh, with, I wasn't a resident yet um, in the U.S. I had the work and travel visa. And I would go during the summer breaks in Argentina, which was winter here. I would go to Colorado and I would work in a ski resort called Vail. And I would work as a photographer for the ski school kids. So Ah, that's how I learned photography. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like best life ever. I would snowboard all day and like party all night. (laughs) 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 like that was like definitely one of the most uh, fun memories I have from my from my um, young adult life. And I feel like that's why I kind of like, oh, maybe I should apply for the green card. You know, like that's why I kind of applied in the first place. I was having so much fun going back and forth every year, going to Colorado, working as a photographer, making good money, especially like the exchange to Argentina Mm. It was still good at the time. It was like, it's not what it is today, but it is, it was still good. And I was like, oh yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. So I first started as a photographer and um I I did like a little like, you know, went on different paths for a little while. I started working as uh for a nonprofit as a social media manager here in LA. And then I got promoted to marketing director. And while I was like doing all the marketing for this nonprofit. I kind of like started as a hobby, picking up back my photography and people started asking me, you know, it's like one of those things, like when people start asking you for something and then they're like, oh, would you do this? Would you do that? Great. That's how it kind of like you start leaning into something. And at some point it became more like a side hustle business. Uh, and then that's when I started like, okay, I need to take this more seriously because this is definitely a lot more fun than um marketing turns out when you're a business owner marketing never ceases to exist
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but at least you're doing
1: it for yourself instead of like for someone else so I think that was fun too and
0: when did you start like um building your online business so
1: so I've always had an online presence. I like for every business idea I've ever had, I always had a website, a photo shoot and like (laughs) an Instagram, you know, like I always had like, um, like a logo, you know, like I always had all the, you know, immediately. But, um, when I launched my, my business, um, at the time it was called tiny licious because it was tiny and delicious videos for change makers. That was like the whole slogan, Um, I started getting a lot of, like, track online, um, but it was an in-person business. I started, like, offering digital products. Is that what you mean, the difference between in-person and digital? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I started offering digital products before COVID. I think it was around... Ah, uh, I want to say Valentine's Day 2020. I think that's when we met, right? In the no, accelerator. That I, we met, yeah, in 2020 we met, but it was after that. It was like April. It was months, a mm-hmm. few months later. It was, I feel like, like my soul knew. <laughs> like deep down it knew there was like a little bit more that I could be doing than just by like working one-to-one in person and I just didn't know yet how what, what shape it would take, right? So I think I got sold on the idea of having a tiny product. I created a guide called uh, G- uh, Camera Shy to DIY. And it's basically this like um, 30 photos that you can do in one day. Just basically, it's like five poses with alternatives, basically, that you can do one by one. And, um, and just, yeah. And be able to take you like a month of photos in one day um, and do it yourself and do it yourself with your cell phone. And so it's just basically cell phone photography. It's just like a a PDF guide It's beautifully designed. My friend Lena from only child design, um, created it. The design's just beautiful. Um, and I pre-sold it. I did. I didn't even know that that was a thing, but I just pre-sold it. And then like I immediately, I posted it on my Instagram, I don't think I had a big, big, big email list at the time. I just had a slowing email list from like, "But I should giveaways that I've done" and stuff like that. And oh my God, it caught like wildfire. I it was such see- a great idea as well. I, I think it. I <laughs> sold yeah, I think I sold like 30 in the first day that I announced the pre-sale. And I've never had that experience before of like pre-selling something. And I it's just basically selling an idea, right? If you want it, I'll make it. Um, and it was crazy to sell like, yeah, like a guide, right? Of course I've made my money back um uh, in the last two years. Right now, that is basically something that people can buy on their own, or it's just part of a downsell that I have for people that don't enroll in my big courses. Um, and then that was that that just you know, just like opened my eyes to the online world in a different way, because it gave me not only like the validation that it's possible to share my knowledge in a way that is like consumable for somebody else, that I'm able to download what I know and what I've experienced into something that is of value to someone else, but that people wanted it, you know? And so after that, I decided to, um, Joined the accelerator with Maria Cause because at the time I knew that I wanted to yeah I I knew that I wanted to build a course more a more significant course I had a few ideas um, I had built a small thing before that um, another a, a, basically a course for photographers how to book clients um, and then. I uh, yeah, I just like COVID hit, everything just like blew up. And at the time, it just really sounded like a great idea. I of course, amidst COVID, I couldn't shoot. So I took up uh some marketing clients, um, which is something that I knew how to do um, you know, with my eyes closed, and also um started building my digital assets to launch basically my online business. Fully. So, yeah. So I launched the course in May and well, I pre-launched the course in May. And then by September of 2020, I did the full launch. And that's when I was just like fully transitioned. Um, I still had like clients that I had to see and I, and I still do gigs. Like I did a Wells Fargo video campaign um, at the beginning of the year for people that were affected by COVID and like they did a whole campaign for funds and stuff like that, which was really, and that basically directed and filmed and edited with my team. Um, But yeah, so I take clients for brand photo shoots and brand video shoots, um, but not as many as I used to, I guess.
0: I love it. I love your journey. Thanks for sharing it so openly. And it's been really, really great to follow you over the last year, see how you evolve. And, um, so, um, tell us about what your focus is on now and let's talk a little bit more about visibility.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of like an evolution that it it just became its own because I feel like I can't teach you something that I think I haven't experienced. Right. So, I feel like we're always (laughs) like, I feel like I always, our students or our clients are just like our vision of ourselves. That is just like a couple of steps behind us. And when I launched self-portrait confidence, it was because I had already started taking photos of myself as a practice because I did want it to be more known for myself and not just my work, but because I was truly hiding behind the camera, like literally hiding behind the camera. I was a photographer, showing my client work. But it was really hard for people that didn't know me connect with me, right? So I knew that I needed to get over being on camera. I wasn't ready for video yet. I had tried something, completely felt uh, embarrassed and took it down. But photos were easier, right? So I started doing photos and people started asking me. And that's why I feel like it was just an easy transition to build a course about self-portraiture because my approach is, it is so different than anything else I've seen out there because of my unique background. And I think that launching a course, and it requires a different level of visibility. When you're doing a one-on-one service, but sorry. When you're doing a one-on-one service or when you're doing a a more high-ticket thing, it doesn't require that many clients to book you. It doesn't require that many people to know you. Right. And it doesn't require, like, it's like a numbers game, right? It's like, it, it doesn't require that many people to know what you're doing in order for you to hit your goals. Yeah,
0: but when and, they're, you're- and they're also um, immediately building a um,
1: connection with you or a relationship because they meet you face to face. They meet you face to face. You are able to do phone calls. You're able to spend time with one person, Deciding if it's okay for them to book you or not. Like I used to take a lot of phone calls. That's something I don't do as much anymore. Um, and so like when you're launching something that is one-to-many or like digital, like I, I had to do a lot of more visibility. I started doing IG lives. Um, first, I think I started doing Instagram stories. Um, And that was like me re-recording like 500 times the same story. Like now I just do it all in one take and I'm like, maybe I'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. I just like, it is a very, it just, it's 24 hours. Something can live out there for 24 hours with mistakes. You know what I mean? Um, But uh, the Instagram live feature was like, whoa, (laughs) this is scary. Oh my God. It was so, so, so scary. Um, but once I started doing it, I was like, this is so easy. Like, oh my God, because as a video editor and as someone that shoots like for like having a finished one minute product or two minute video, like for your website or your st- campaigns, like, of course, right. It's like, you do a, a lot of takes, you edit out the first bit, the best bits from each take, you put the B, you do all the things, right. But when you're doing something live, that's, exactly what they are going for and what they're they're going to experience right so there's no edit there's no it's done it's the video it's like the easiest way to make a video so that's why I feel like I teach my student my students inside video called video is like okay if you want the easiest most like low-tech way to make a video is just go live and then I teach them how to repurpose that live into small little reels but um but yeah that was like the level of visibility that it required for me to sell the course was something that I hadn't yet experienced up until I decided to build the course. If that makes sense, the le- the, the the fear of being seen or being being in front of the camera and being seen as an, the expert or the authority in my business um, was one the first step that but that was just only to my followers or only to you know what I mean like people that are already kind of wearing my close contact and so seeing myself in photos and then starting to add videos and starting to increase ad spend and reach and just like all these yeah it's 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 basically you're opening yourself up to way more people actually last week i um i was talking to um someone about this so I can't promise you that bad things will happen, right? Like, quote, unquote, bad things. Like, I can't promise you you will not get a negative comment. I can't promise you that you won't get hurt. If you go on, on riding a bike and you're learning how to ride a bike, I can't promise you you will fall. You won't fall, right? Yeah. What I can promise you is that if you do fall and you hurt yourself, we'll be able to heal you up. I can promise you that I'll be here for you. You know what I mean? To process what happened and so that you don't make it about you. Right? Because I feel like we're in a constant state of when let me put it in this way. So when you are putting yourself out there, you're opening yourself up and a lot a lot of people will love you and a lot of people will might not resonate with you, right? And I feel like there's this fear of rejection that comes up, right? But the fear of rejection is just that because there's no way, even if they say like, I'm rejecting you, they can't reject you because you are a human being that is complete and is whole and doesn't need anything from its outside itself to survive in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can relate. I mean, Actually, I think pretty much everybody
0: goes through that when you are an entrepreneur, you're starting your own business, you learn, you have to show up, you learn, you have to be visible. Everybody's telling you, you have to show up, you have to show up. <laughs> and... um I think actually what I struggled with at the beginning, it wasn't so much the fear of failure of other people judging me. I was judging myself. I felt like not attractive enough, like too old, like I didn't love myself enough. And I also feel like this whole journey of doing this work and pushing myself out of my comfort zone again and again, it gets really gets easier. People, when you're listening to that and you feel, feel that too, it really gets easier with practice. You just need to get doing it. You start doing it. And, um, and it's this beautiful road of self discovery, of self acceptance of learning about yourself, like connecting to yourself. Like how do you actually look? How do you actually sound like? All those things. And I'm just super, super grateful um, for, for that, for those learnings.
1: 100% I feel like. So I believe that anything we choose to do in life is part of our upliftment and growth. Like if nothing ever happened to us, nothing would ever happen to us. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, whatever happens to us is just an opportunity for us to grow from it for us to, like to, like for example if you put your hand on the stove and you burn yourself like you learn not to put your hand on the stove because it will burn you right so it's all about like you learn that lesson right <laughs> but it's all about like using whatever is in our awareness to grow from it i i 100 agree with you And I do think that it's just, all we're learning is to forgive the judgments that were not enough or whatever the the judgment is um, that we're holding against ourselves, to love ourselves, to accept ourselves and to take better care of ourselves, right? Just because you love yourself and you are accepting yourself doesn't mean that you can't take better care of yourself. So if you do want to do anything from a place of loving, by all means, do it. You know what I mean? So if you want to put um, um, different things in your business that are boundaries for you to take better care of yourself, you decide what's game. For example, uh, a lot of people think that just because you're opening yourself up, to being loving and accepting and transparent, especially when you have a spiritual business or, or, or something that is like very healing or like a yoga practice, right, doesn't mean that everybody has access to you for everything. You know what I Shouldn't mean? Certainly, be, right. You need exactly. There. You yeah. have your boundaries. You you decide what's okay to share, what's okay to express, how it's okay for people to respond to you so people can email you weird stuff even right and then you decide if that goes to the spam folder or or if you're like you already gave them the answer right you decide if that's you know what i'm complete i don't need to see emails from this person again because i already gave them the information that they needed they're not accepting it or they're like buzzing around good you're you're going to my complete folder you know, I
0: know that a lot of my students are also struggling with um, what should they share? when? When is it oversharing? You're like, what's too much? What's not enough um, about sharing mm-hmm. your personal things? What's going on? Do you have any tips on that? What's been your experience?
1: Oh, my God. I have so much to say about that because I feel like when people start hearing about you need to Show yourself. You need to open, you need to share your brand story. A lot of people think that their brand story is like their whole life story. And it's not that. Especially, it's not you don't need to share any of your trauma if you don't want to. Your brand story means as it relates to your ideal client. So where like think about yourself, uh, like what you were going through at a time in your life that you could probably have a parallel with your with your students or with your clients. Those are the stories you can share, but you decide what you feel safe sharing, what you feel safe uh, with the world knowing, and you decide. Um, yeah, you 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 make your own rules about that. For example, um, my partner is very private online; like he never posts anything personal. It's all about, he's like work stuff. He's a TV writer. So like, it's a very, like very much like not personal at all. And, uh, so I don't share things about him on my Instagram or tag him or anything because he doesn't want to be in that way, you know, in a personal way. So I, I, I think he's so sacred and so special in my life. That I wouldn't want ever for him to feel unsafe with my online presence, so that's a boundary boundary I will not cross does that make sense? Yeah, that
0: totally makes sense um I think what also confuses people maybe sometimes is that when you follow influencers, for example, on Instagram, and obviously they share, some of them share like their whole life for 24 hours and you think you have to do that too, but that's actually not true. Unless you really want to become an influencer and most of us don't want to and don't have to and shouldn't <laughs> um, probably. Um, I think, um what helped me is just really, yeah, just like you said, like focus on a few things. Um, people want to see a little bit of your personality. So you can't be all like vanilla and can't be all like yoga quotes and handstand pictures when you're a yoga teacher. I think it should also, you also need content that really builds um, a connection that's emotional and that's also engaging. Like, um, but identify like some topics, maybe like for me, it's my van life. It used to be Bali life. Um, it's not so much about what's going on with my family or my sick mother or something.
1: Yeah. Right. So, so as someone that has worked with influencers a lot, especially for, for, uh, like, I think it's like, it's so funny because they they don't even like consider themselves influencers because there's always somebody else that has way more followers. So <laughs> um but yeah, they're like quote unquote influencers and they have like thousands upon 100,000 or more. Like I one of my clients has like I guess like half a million followers and my other friend, her dog is an influencer. He has like I think 2 million on TikTok. It was just such an accident. It's like, okay, this apparently resonates with people and they love this dog. So yeah, he became famous. But uh, my 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 friends and clients that are influencers, um, they don't share everything. Okay. Even if you think they're sharing everything, they Not have so many, there have so many things that are off uh off the table, for example, especially when they have kids. Um, a lot of them they don't put their faces on on content or if they post it they put a sticker on their face uh, because as they grow they need to choose how they have more agency or like they need to choose how their image is shared online and so they yeah, need that autonomy. It's that's
0: weird in today's world that some people still like put the camera right in the kid's face all day long. I mean you know everybody does what they feel is best or right mm-hmm. for their life and their kids but I I feel yeah. I feel
1: uncomfortable sometimes seeing that. yeah Yeah. so they have like so they have their own boundaries of what they feel okay with they don't feel okay with with like if they're like their family is an like if their family is part of their influencer life is like how much of that is shared of like their partners or kids their dogs (laughs) like their house right for example like um so i worked with interior design influencers right or like um sustainability and interior design So, for example, one of my um, my clients has an autoimmune disease and like they will never share about the condition, but they share some of the parts of the journey of like what it is like to live with um, autoimmune disease. Right. So like they share whatever they feel safe with. And if they don't feel okay with like, okay, I'm going to share one thing, but this is my boundary. Please do not send me a message about X, Y, Z. Like they set the tone before they even share something that they feel okay with sharing. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's about you knowing your boundaries, what you feel safe receiving, or not receiving, in explaining that even before you're even sharing it. For example, like I, if I'm telling you I'm trying, I'm going to start trying for a family this year, I will say, and um, by the way, please do not send me any information about you know uh conceiving or anything Mm. or like you know i can set my own boundary with that or thank you i have it you know i have plenty of help like please not send me xyz so um it's more about that and then in terms of like figuring out what to share um i think people think they need to share everything about their life and in reality they don't um You need to think about the struggles that you went through and how you achieved them and overcame those and how what you do today in your business has helped you build from those places that you were going through. For example, if you had, um, for example, in my case, like the whole reason I came up with self-portrait confidence is because I had so much judgments about uh, not being skinny enough, not being pretty enough. And I felt frozen on camera, but also I felt unsafe with getting unwanted attention online by men. Turns out the older you get, the less attention you get, which is kind of like a nice (laughs) side effect of not being like 15, which is kind of creepy at the same time that people are that gross. But I will say that um, I had to do a lot of self-forgiveness and a lot of inner work in order for me to feel safe to be seen and for me to take those photos and post them and so from those experiences I have like many experiences where like oh my god like I didn't know what to wear everything I felt fat in everything and I was just like hating everything and I was like okay how did I came about that oh I had to forgive myself for feeling that I was not skinny enough or that or for example like I learned how to pose oh I was trying to conceal my body. I was judging my body and I was trying to contort my body in order for me, not just to show you what I judge about my body. So like I had to forgive myself and I had to reframe how I'm relating to my body and being seen in order for me to show up. And that is exactly the things that I talk about, right? Like the instances in my life where that was the case and what I did to solve it. And now I'm like sharing a lot about like, the solution as well right so for your you run a business right unless your business is just being a personality you don't need to share everything you don't uh, you choose what to share and also how deep you go into it and if you need any disclaimers along the way and so that you're letting them know how, what is okay with and what's not okay with uh responding back
0: i love that Thanks for saying that. So this is what you do now. So you help people really who are struggling with that, how to become more visible. Like, is it more tactical advice? Is it more the
1: mindset stuff that's going on? Or how does so, that work? Um, yeah. So I have a one-on-one coaching practice and a mastermind called, so the one-on-one practice is called Aligned Presence. It basically includes both of my self-paced course about video and photo, but there is basically coaching that goes way deeper into how are you showing up and how are you dealing with yourself as you are showing up? So it's all it's all about basically solving the unresolved issues that are coming up as you are being the face of your brand, so that you can align from the inside out what you express or how you express yourself in the world. So a lot of my clients have that um, they're very committed to being the face of their brand. They know they have to do photos and videos and they know that that's part of it. And so they also know that they don't want to suffer <laughs> through it as they keep on growing. So that's when I come in. And then I have a mastermind called ready to be seen, uh, which might sound familiar because it's the same name as my podcast ready to be seen. Um, but it's the same as, but it's in a group context.
0: I love so it. it. It's an like amazing coaching. program. And it's so unique as well. Right. Yeah.
1: I, I don't think I've seen anyone do anything like what I do. And actually, if you do know anyone do send them my way, because I'm always curious and collaborating with other people that are doing similar things. Um, especially if we can, it can be a mutually fulfilling relationship work-wise. Um, and I, I find so much joy and so much fulfillment in supporting someone in their own transformation. And one thing that I didn't mention is that when I started working as a photographer and I saw how many people struggle with feeling confident in front of the camera, I started adding the coaching aspect, the spiritual psychology coaching aspect before they even stepped into the studio. So all my coaching uh, experience from not only having my master's degree in spiritual psychology, but like working one-on-one with clients with every photo shoot that I've done, helping them feel more confident. And it's like, some of the things are just that come up for people is not what you would expect. Like, I don't think that, for example, like, even though I feel like uh, I'm not skinny enough, I don't think I'm ugly. You know what I mean? Like, or just because I, uh, I don't, I don't think I'm not, I feel like I'm, I'm a sexy woman. You know what I mean? So like. Finding um fan me, having the the confidence of our like men finding me attractive was never like an issue. You know what I mean? So it's not about so like for example, so for some people it's like stuff with their parents, like being perfect enough, or just like knowing that what they do is gonna be okay no matter what. Or um I mean, each person has their own experiences and their own um things that they're dealing with or like the inner dialogues that are completely different than what the next person they might be struggling with the same like oh perfectionism but the root of that could be completely different from one person to the other and so it's important to acknowledge that if you do need more more support for your own situation it's okay to seek support love that Mm. so where can people go to learn more about you you can go to um, self com slash aligned presence uh, for that. You can also go to my website, luciadonehill.com and you can see all my video, photo work and the, cl- the courses, there's like the, the catch-all. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to catch the masterclass about self-portrait confidence is self slash masterclass.
0: Send me the links again. Yes, I will <laughs> so send you out. I'll so oh, add them to
1: the show notes. I will. And there's also like the 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 three-part framework to binge order videos, free workshop that you can also catch. So I'll send you all the links. And uh, I think they're also on my Instagram. So if you go to the link of my bio, I have all the quick links for everything. So um, you'll be able to see that at the Lucias. Great. I
0: love what you're doing. Thanks so much for sharing it here. Thanks so much for sharing your story. And um, yes, yeah, so your vulnerabilities and struggles, I think it's been really, really inspiring. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Suzanne. It was so lovely to, to be here with you and chat and geek out. <laughs>